welcome back to the Project Stanley Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Riccio. Uh, I'm the CEO and co-founder of the business. I'm also here with our co-founder and head of media, Nicholas Cote. Nick, how you doing, man? Rick, what's up, buddy? Um, thanks again for holding it down for another week here. Uh, but by the sounds of it, you had a pretty good discussion. So today we sat down with the general manager and vice president of hockey operations for the Windsor Spitfires, Bill Bowler. And you know, Bill actually has uh, family ties back to the organization. He played there throughout junior. So you know, he really bleeds uh, Spitfire hockey, which you, know, you could really feel when he was talking about you know, his passion for the organization and, and really where he wants to take this thing going forward after being named the general manager in 2019 officially. Yeah, and so personally for myself, I'm going to be very interested to hear about uh, the Spitfires run in the Memorial Cup back in 2017. Ultimately, they ended up becoming champions that year, and uh, they had a very talented roster, and they went up against uh, another talented team in St. John. So uh, it'll be very cool to hear about that run for them. Interesting to, to hear this side of it, you know, after speaking with Trevor Georgie and, and having a podcast and hearing his side of it. Um, but... You know, that roster was stacked, as you said. You know, they had Mikhail Sergachev, obviously, with Tampa Lightning, two-time Stanley Cup champion. They had, they had Gabriel Velarde, uh, Logan Brown, amongst, you know, other high-profile prospects. So uh, it was quite the team that won that year. So uh, let's just go ahead and let's jump into it. Bill Bowler, general manager of the Windsor Spitfires in the Ontario Hockey League. A little bit of background about yourself, you know, starting from from getting into the game. Yeah, uh, born and raised Toronto kid. Um, have an older brother that uh, let me play ball hockey with him, and that uh, started the love of the game. And just played my GTHL hockey uh, in the city of Toronto, and then uh, was lucky enough to get drafted by the Windsor Spitfires, and went on to my OHL uh, career. But yeah, just starting out, I grew up in a little place called East York. Um, Went to a school called Canadian Martyrs. We actually had a, a elementary school team for grade six, seven, and eight. So that was a lot of fun. And uh, whether we were out at Dieppe Park playing on the outdoor rinks or, like I said, the GTHL days playing for the Toronto Red Wings and Mississauga Reps, it was uh, a real fun experience being a, a minor hockey player in the city of Toronto. And so I guess fast forwarding a little bit, you actually spent some so at, you, you played throughout the minors, you, you played for Windsor, and you, you racked up the points. Um, you actually ended your career in the DEL, winning a, a championship. Is that, is that right? Yeah, that was uh, unfortunately the end of my career. I, um, I had a kind of a, a, a nagging injury, a career-ending injury that uh, led me to Germany, and it ended up being just an amazing experience. Um, you know, I left junior hockey and was lucky enough to play pro here in North America and realize a dream of playing in the National Hockey League. But uh, I bring that up because I, if I maybe would have went over to Europe a little earlier, maybe I'd uh, my back would feel a little better and I might have more money in my bank account. But uh, just kidding. But no, my time in Germany was absolutely amazing. Uh, won a championship under Butch Goring. Uh, it was only about three and a half months, but it was an amazing time and as I just stated, I, I wish I was, would have gone over sooner or was lucky enough to continue to play because it was the hockey was unreal, but the lifestyle and the culture and 
uh, just enjoying a different uh, culture was really, really something I uh, I loved. So uh, credit goes to the Crayfeld Penguins and all my teammates. Yeah, and and uh, and so, but you you did realize your dream, right? At the end of the day, you you did catch in what was it like nine to ten different games? I mean, that must have been an unreal experience. Uh, you know, kind of pushing for that long throughout the you know throughout your journey in professional hockey, and then you know really achieving that goal and making it to the National Hockey League. Yeah, you every kid or not every kid, but uh, no question. When I was a young guy playing, as mentioned earlier, in my ball hockey days, and we all envisioned. Uh, playing in the National Hockey League for me, it was the Toronto Maple Leafs. But um, yeah, to realize a dream and to step on that ice with those uh, elite players and be a, a, a select few of a, a member club like the National Hockey League was a, a real proud moment. Not only for me, but my my parents and my family. A ton of people obviously are a part of uh, getting athletes and hockey players to their desired goals. So for me, when I stepped on the ice, there was no question. It was a, a relief, a bit of gratification, and a, uh, a real fun, fun day in uh, Columbus, Ohio, in front of friends and family. That's awesome. Um, I, I'd love to actually kind of jump into your time now with Windsor. So I guess so. You, you spent a lot of – you've been closely linked to Windsor. Um, if I'm not mistaken, your father actually was in, was in the organization. So – I mean, just how did this uh, recent role, this your recent stint with them, how did that come to fruition? Yeah, well, you brought up my father. So, yeah, he was uh, head scout and worked as a scout with this uh, organization a long time ago. And actually, when I played here, my fourth year of junior, um, the general manager at the time, Mike Awender, uh, my dad was involved with minor hockey in Toronto. And uh, as mentioned, I have an older brother that was a hockey player. He was an NCAA athlete. Um, and he played junior B hockey down here in Windsor actually was MVP of the league. And that's where he got his scholarship from. Um, having said all that, my, uh, Mike Awender realized that my dad was involved in hockey and, uh, was involved in both Shane and my careers and was instrumental. So, uh, Mike seen some value in bringing my dad in as a scout. Uh, and that was in my overage season. So from there, he, uh, I went on to play pro and my dad was the scout here while I was out playing and, um, so yeah, there's been a lot of family ties here in the city of Windsor and now the Windsor Spitfires. After I was done playing, I came in to be a, an assistant coach after my playing days. I thought I would get into the coaching ranks. I did that for a couple of the years. Uh, the Windsor Spitfires and Steve Riola were nice enough to give me a position there. Uh, new ownership came in, Bob Bugner, Warren Reichel and Peter Dobrich. Uh, I worked with them for a year, um, as an assistant coach and then, uh, you know, things were different. I had a young family, so I kind of got out of the game at this level uh, and then resurfaced uh, about six years ago uh, in different roles on the business side and the hockey side. And uh, ultimately, it led me to where I'm sitting now as the general manager. So what, one of your first years with the, you know, back in your, your, your most recent stint, you guys actually accomplished the, the Memorial Cup. I mean, what, what was that like? I mean, that must have been an incredible experience. Yeah, it, uh, to do it here and to host the tournament in our community here in Windsor and to see our fans celebrate and get to enjoy that tournament, um, a ton of work goes into hosting any event, but at, at the, the magnitude of Memorial Cup and the amount of volunteers and committed people in our community that, you know, contributed to the success of not only winning the tournament, but just hosting it um, was an amazing thing for 
everyone involved, obviously the players uh, and the coaches involved are, you know, they get the rings and that, but the, the people that got to experience and enjoy that tournament and for us to come and win that championship was, uh, was something really, really special. And uh, I don't know if we'll ever host it again, but uh, hopefully the team will be participating in another Memorial cup soon. Well, well I guess you bring up like how, how much emphasis is there on the organization to be a serious contender in a year when you're hosting the cup like that? Yeah, no, we obviously wanted to make sure we, we put a capable hockey club on the ice and, a credit goes to all our scouts and Warren Reichel to to provide that hockey team that ultimately won uh, the tournament. We had a, a great uh, four or five days there and proved that we can compete with the best in the country. Um, it was a long layoff or, uh, from our, the playoffs to, to the start of the Memorial Cup, but um, no question we, we as an organization were committed to putting a, a quality product on the ice and uh, made some decisions and some, made some move uh, player transactions that allowed us to compete and ultimately win. So uh, as mentioned, the time, effort, commitment of hosting and then on the hockey side to to have the players prepared and have the coaches uh, do what they needed to do to have our, our players ready uh, for that tournament was uh, was obviously a credit to everyone and a, just a great, great uh, tournament to win and make it our third in uh just over a decade. So awesome, uh, awesome times that Memorial Cup win. I'm, I'm curious how, how, um, like what's that process like? So, so you mentioned you acquired quite a, a few number of players at the trade deadline going into that season with anticipation of, you know, fighting for the Memorial Cup in, since it's your hosting year. I mean, what's the process like to actually identifying those players working with different GMs across the league um, and kind of coming to that conclusion on, Hey, these are the players that, that we are targeting. I mean, I, I've got to, I, I guess it is, you know, kind of like two forces of like what your teams need and then what's the market available. Exactly. It's uh, knowing where your roster is and where you might have some gaps or holes to fill that that's uh, first and foremost, and then trying to acquire that with, with, you know, reasonable prices and, uh, without giving up too many assets, it's the ideal or that's the goal. Um, unfortunately, good hockey players and uh, just don't come uh, that easy and there is a price to pay. And um, like uh, stated earlier, we were willing to pay that price and it ultimately led to a championship. So it was well worth it. And uh, But a lot of time and effort uh, obviously goes into creating and preparing a, a championship team. So uh, to Rocky Thompson, his coaches, to Warren Reichel, the scouts. Uh, it was just an all-around real good effort, um, contributions from everyone. And anyone who will tell you if you're going to win anything at any level, um, a lot of different factors, a lot of good fortune. And without doubt, without a doubt, that, that was what happened uh, back when we won it four years ago. I, I guess in a general sense, though, I mean – how do you think about kind of planning for your team's success overall? You know, even even in this year, right? I mean, are you looking at it at like a two to three year cycle in in major juniors, or is it kind of just always win now? And I guess how how do you really balance the urge to spend draft? Yeah, no, again, that's the balance, and that's uh, the mandate from what 
what the mandate or what the goal of the organization is at, at any given time. Um, you know, everyone's competitive uh, at this level, at any level, but um, you have to be realistic as to where you are uh, as a hockey club. And um, I guess the secret or the key, what you hear from most hockey people or most management at any time is so long as you're getting or you're seeing some improvement and there is a plan, I think fans and players and people in general, uh, you know, accept that and are willing to be patient if they see something's uh, you're, you're working towards something or a goal. Um, so having said that, that doesn't mean that's always the case. Um, some teams like to be uh, always in the playoffs and giving themselves a chance to win every year. Uh, other teams have tried to go in at any cost uh, method. And um, sometimes that's been uh, fortunate for some clubs and then others it's uh, it's another four or five years out of the playoffs and, lacking some support so each team handles their business differently um for the windsor spitfires we're in a position where we we'd like to put a quality product on uh, each and every year and make the playoffs and compete and i don't know uh, at the nhl level 100 percent. it's once you get in I, I truly believe anybody can win at the ohl level it's a little different um, but i think we're getting there where uh, i think we're going to see some upsets and see some lower seats end up winning so uh, right now, the where we are as a hockey club, we're we're in a real good position. We think we have a real good team, and with a bit of good fortune and some good decisions and some proper uh, development, uh, we're going to have a team that's going to be willing, ready, willing, and ready to compete uh, for a championship here. You think it's it's going to be difficult this year to get a read on other teams across the league, just in, just because last year, I mean, there was obviously the big freeze. So getting a real good sense of who are the players who, uh, you know, have potential to explode this upcoming year in your, you know, on your competitor's roster. I mean, that's got to be pretty difficult to gauge what teams you think are going to really be good this upcoming year. Yeah, it's always, uh, you know, it's tough to gauge what other people are doing. And the key for me is not worrying too much. You have to respect your opponents and be aware, but uh, really control what you can take care of your own business and, even for us as a team, we our players, some of them haven't played in over 18 months. So um, to see that development and the expected growth of players, not only physically uh, and just maturity-wise, kids change. And uh, the kid we drafted two years ago, he's a different kid. And uh, the fact he hasn't been on the ice or in a competitive game will change uh, how their development is. So I think every team is dealing is going to deal with that because of the pandemic. And then, as you said, the, to figure out what, the other teams are are like and how competitive they are. Only time will tell. Uh, I don't think anyone truly knows, but uh, like any time in any sport, there's always procrastinators. And on paper, this team looks good. And but ultimately, it, it's played on the ice, and we'll see who's uh, who's a contender and who's kind of uh, you know not at this stage. But there's no question this year, unlike others, is going to be a lot more difficult to to get a gauge as to where your team is and, and the opposition for that matter. It must feel good though, gearing up for this season. I mean, a whole year off it you've got to, you got to be fired up right now. Yeah. I, this is way long overdue. This is um, our players and our coaches and everyone from the hockey department to the business, everyone involved with this hockey club uh, in our league for that matter is, is just anxious and, real eager to get rolling here um as p 
people know we were the only province in, in the country and in, in North America and actually I think the world not to play hockey. So um, as disappointing that as that was, uh, you know, we got to look ahead and move forward. And the fact that we have a schedule and I have a training camp scheduled here on September 2nd to look forward to um, the players. And as mentioned, the staff were, we just can't wait and let's hope uh, everything falls into place. I'm curious about um, the Wyatt Johnson, right? So Wyatt Johnson, really the only time he played at, in a, at a competitive level was at the U18 WJC. So I'm sure when an NHL scout is really trying to evaluate Wyatt, I mean, I'm assuming they they were just calling you, blowing up your phone, trying to get a really good read on the intangible aspect of this game. Yeah, no, there was a lot more phone calls. Uh, normally, we'd have a, a number of scouts in our buildings at, on game night and Thursday nights here. Um, and NHL teams would obviously watch closely. Uh, and then there'd be some conversations and just general uh, talk, uh, whether it's not in the scouts room or not. And there's a lot of conversations and talk that way. But because of where we were and with the pandemic, a lot of uh, scouting was done you know, by video and, like you said, the phone calls, so on and so forth. That that was the same case for our hockey club trying to, you know, get through our drafts at our level. Um, a lot more phone calls as a, as opposed to face-to-face meetings. So in Wyatt's case, very fortunate he got to perform for Team Canada. Um, he played absolutely uh, excellent and it was no surprise to us, but for those that didn't get to watch him as much as the Spitfire fans and the people here, um, he definitely, uh, I think, uh, made people aware of how good of a, a player and prospect why it is. So uh, a credit to him. Um, he had a great uh, rookie campaign and then uh, a real good showing. So it, it's no surprise um, he went that high to us. So uh, the Dallas Stars definitely got a good one there. I'm curious because you, you started your coaching career in the GTHL, correct, with Don Mel Flyers, yep. and, and then you, you worked your way into uh, you know, now being manager of the Windsor Spitfire. So I guess what are some of the key characteristics that you feel you've seen in players of that kind of next tier of high-caliber talent? I mean, what is it that gets those players to, to that position? I mean – yeah, again, it's similar to players, coaches, anybody. I was very, when I was done playing, I was, uh, I wanted to get into the coaching and possibly management. So I, I started at the bottom in, in midget hockey. And, uh, you know, you learn a lot, whether or not you're running an Ontario Hockey League team or a, a peewee, a peewee team. There, there's managing a group of athletes and families and budgets and, itineraries, so on and so forth. There's a lot of work that goes into it. And like anything you learn. So uh, as far as players go, it's the same thing. It's just seeing that growth. And at the end of the day, for me, when you see players keep moving up the hockey ladder, it's it's usually because they have a a different work ethic or care. The level of care of what they do is just far superior than others. And a lot of kids have talent and ability and look like they can play the part, but at the end of the day, why certain individuals excel at any level, it's it, for me, it, it seems to be the want and the care of how they perform each and every night. And that consistency just shines through and it actually becomes quite easy picking players if they 
they make it easy on you. And the guys that don't perform every day, they make it easy on you too, knowing that uh, you're looking for that consistency. And I guess that you play a big part in, in portraying to uh, scouts across NHL, which players are kind of fill in that category. I mean, when, when you're speaking with them, you know, how often are they asking you about intangibles versus asking you about, you know, tangible characteristics of another game? Yeah, no, everyone, obviously they, that's what something that they don't have information on or can't um, is where they'll lean on people like the general manager, coaches, trainers, billets, whoever they can bump into and ask that. But uh, obviously these guys are very capable of watching and assessing and making their own judgments and opinions. But for simple things that they don't get information on is when they'll lean on uh, guys like myself and others that I included to find out exactly what you said, this, the intangibles and things that they might not be able to pick up sitting up in the crowd watching a game. So um, the key for us is, and, and any of our staff is we, we just, our goal is just to be as honest as we can and see it as it is. And um, the key for me is when people keep asking you, that's a good thing. When they stop asking you your opinion, you, uh, that's when we'd be concerned. So we're lucky that uh, people are still asking me about our players, and I hope that continues. All right, and I guess one of the last things I wanted to ask you about is just uh, your current alumni base. You know, obviously you have the likes of Taylor Hall and, and Spezza, Jovanovski even, and, um, you know, Cam Fowler. I mean, how much do you rely on uh, those players and those alumni to be figureheads for the organization and to represent the organization um, in recruiting efforts even. Yeah, we, we love it. We like it. We would love to encourage it. But at the end of the day, that's the players, when they leave us, that's their decision. So um, the key for us is to treat whether you're going to be an NHL star or a player moving on to a, a career outside of hockey, we want to make sure your experience here in Windsor is is top-notch and it, it's a positive one in that when you leave you're coming back um, you're buying tickets you're buying a suite you're supporting our program and you're speaking highly of us and you mentioned some of the elite names and we're extremely proud of all our NHL players um, and we're equally as proud as the players that uh, are again are playing university hockey now um, that have left our program and so, as mentioned, um, the key for me, and it's uh, something we've built here within the last couple of years and something we've hammered home is um, to make sure that culture uh, and we treat each and everyone uh, with the, the respect and making this just a, the player environment so good that uh, people want to be a part of the Spitfires and want to come back to visit us at any time. All right, well, Bill. Uh, thank you again for the time here. This is this has been great. I really do appreciate all of this. I've uh, I loved hearing your perspective and, and learning more about yourself and the organization. I mean, this is this is fantastic. So thank you again for for all the time here. My pleasure, Aaron. That was fun. Give me a shout anytime.